Welcome to Talking Mopars episode number 129. This is a replay of the Saturday Night Live episode that I recorded with Johnny Mopar and Jeremy Williams from Sword of Stock Mopars. Jeremy even brought his friend David along, who's also a co-pilot. And we also had another special guest, Chris Field from Motech and also the new owner of Schumacher Creative Services. This episode was talking all about their $3,000 hoopty build-off that Sword of Stock Mopars challenged Johnny Mopar to. It was a fun episode talking about the challenge and talking about their cars, and we had a good time as usual. So, without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars Live. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Before we get into the juicy meat of this episode, I have to ask you guys a question. Is your Mopar protected? Whether it's sitting outside in the elements or inside the safe confines of your man cave, it's important to keep your Mopar protected. That's why I'm excited to announce that I'm now affiliated with a company offering an amazing solution for vehicle protection. They have everything from basic indoor shields all the way to the top of the line platinum shields, offering the very best protection to keep your vehicle safe both indoors and outdoors from elements like dust, water, snow, and even UV rays. Their products are guaranteed to fit and are backed by a great warranty. To find out more about my new affiliate, please visit TalkingMopars.com, click on the Affiliates tab, and follow the link to their website. If you need protection for your Mopar, don't worry, we got you covered. What's up, everybody? We are here live for a Saturday Night Live, talking to Johnny Mopar and Jeremy Williams from the Sorta Stock Mopars uh, YouTube and Facebook page. They have a fun little drag race challenge that they're doing and we're here to talk all about it johnny will be in uh the chat in just a minute um just wanted to give some people some time to roll in hope you all are doing well on this saturday night ah here's johnny let's get johnny in here ready johnny here we go There's what's going on chris how are you good buddy how are you good awesome awesome so while we wait for jeremy why don't you give uh Give the audience a little idea of what this $3,000 hoopty challenge is all about. All right. So Jeremy actually reached out to me and said, and he actually lives pretty, well, he lives in San Diego. So he lives about a little more than an hour away from me. Um, and he basically hit me up and said, hey, I got this idea for a $3,000 you know, build for you know, to do this drag race competition. So basically we have a budget of $3,000 and the idea is that we are to buy and build a car in three months time and then race each other at Verona drag strip. So uh, when he originally made that, uh, that proposal, his idea was like, we didn't actually have cars. And so I really liked the idea but we actually already had a car that kind of fit the bill. And so I told him, I said, well, I'm, I'm down. I don't really have the budget to do, you know, to start some new build uh, from scratch. 
and this car that we already have, it's already a hoopty and it, we <laughs> paid a thousand bucks for it. You know, we already did some work to it. And uh, so we kind of went back and forth and decided because there was a lot of, uh, I was already planning to put a 383 in that, that club car that we had all pitched in and bought for a thousand bucks. And all the guys basically pitched in like extra parts they had laying around. So um, we assembled all these parts and we were planning on building it. It's been dragging ass. The whole project's been dragging ass, but, but um, since we already got free parts, what we ended up doing is we would, we asked our viewers to, basically determine the value of these parts. If we, if they were to see these parts, say at a swap meet as a used part, what would they pay for it? And I took everybody's comments and basically averaged them out. And then that was the dollar amount. So then we would have to subtract that from our budget. So our budget okay. started at three grand. In our case, we already used a thousand bucks to buy the car. So we had $2,000 left. And then we went through like, what's a 383 short block worth? use camshaft, intake manifold, headers, blah, 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 blah. So that's uh, three months and $3,000. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty tight. That's pretty tight. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny is that um, he got, he's, his car is a 69 Dodge Dart convertible and it's actually got a GTS hood on it. So it looks like a GTS, but um he caught a lot of flack on social media because people were like, yeah, right. Where are you going to find a convertible dart for 3000 bucks? Like really, you know, I mean, all you have to do is provide a bill of sale, I guess, if you wanted to really get technical. Um, I, th I think you could take somebody's word on it. I, I would hope. I mean, <laughs> it, it'd be yeah. kind of shady if, uh, <laughs> if he was lying about it, spent, 10 grand on the car but it's like if you were going to spend that much money you'd probably get a better platform i would imagine but i don't know it sounds like a it sounds like a fun challenge i, I here i am complaining about how much time i have for no name nationals <laughs> and yeah. johnny's building yeah. a car in three months <laughs> uh, <laughs> well the, the beauty of this car is that this car is already a running driving car so all yeah. we have to do now i have no idea if the transmission's going to work out if the uh, engine's going to work out, I mean, this could all go sideways like real quick once we get into the 383. So, but so drivetrain, drivetrain wise, anything can happen, but um, at least it's a together car. It's running, it's driving, you know, we shouldn't have to, we had already put disc brakes on the front of the car, that kind of stuff. Are you in, are you in uh, Jeremy? being open and upfront about what you guys are doing to your cars or is it kind of like a don't tell type thing? <laughs> uh, no, we're pretty, we're pretty open about it. There's okay. uh there's not any, I, I mean, I'm sure he's got secrets and I'm sure when we cross some bridges, we're probably not going to divulge everything, you know? Mm. So sure. I'm uh, I don't know why I'm not getting this on my phone. Um, Jeremy's hitting me up. Does he need the link? Oh, there he is. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's bring him on. <clears throat> there he is. Haven't seen you in a minute, buddy. What's up? Yeah, how you doing? Good, man. Good. How's Dude, I'm uh, loving the, the content? I'm loving the, the Roadrunner. Oh, yeah. A little man. 318 action. A little 318 action. We're going to send it to the moon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, great so feeling. I'm excited to send our 318 to the moon. Or Man. Rod. Yeah, or Rod. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. Something going to the moon. <laughs> uh, I got to ask, what sparked the idea for this challenge, and why did you pick Johnny Mopar? So, honestly, uh, I've kind of had it in the back of my head for the past, like, three years. Okay. Uh, but I was always on a ship, and I just never had the time to, to really commit to it. Couldn't really find anybody where I was living at the time, which is up near like the Fresno area that we want to do it. And uh, obviously, I've been following both of you guys here for a while. I've got uh, you know that build behind me, which I don't know if you can see or not. That's been ongoing for a few years, as yeah. most of our builds are. Yeah. And uh, I just remember Johnny talking about his super cheap charger. <laughs> you know how he got that for steel, and I was like, you know what? I think Johnny would probably be up for it. He's got a ton of cars. Yeah. You might want to do something like this. <laughs> oh, so. You were right. I was game. Yep. <laughs> okay, now, so the way I understand it, at first, there was really no stakes. But when I was in Las Vegas with Johnny, he mm-hmm. informed me that he's actually putting something on the line. Johnny, what are you, what are you throwing up there? Uh... <laughs> Look at all those signatures. Amazing. I know yeah. that's a pretty sweet trophy. I don't know if you can see, but I got a 400 back here that would look great with that valve cover. Yeah, just one. We only have one. Just one. <laughs> just one. Hey, if you only have one, it's a good story, right? People ask me what's going on with this. That's a good point. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, you got anything that you're putting up yet, or what? Or yeah, we, we're still collecting some signatures. Okay, cool. But, uh, I'm going to be able to show you right now. Keep in mind, we still have a few more signatures to get. All right. But uh, just for some information. <laughs> By the way, uh, Chris Chris Field is going to come on around 830 or so. Okay. Did, can you get him the link? Yeah, I forwarded it to him. Cool. I know uh, you guys said you had that valve cover for a long time. And I've had this for a long time too but it's a 13 inch never really put it on a project just kind of been sitting on my wall as some art so i figured we throw this up for stakes oh wow. that's actually Ooh. nice I just gotta, <laughs> yes yeah I mean, this i mean it's nice but i got this for like 40 bucks on wow Craigslist that's a deal like four <laughs> yeah. years ago so yeah. it's been chilling on the wall obviously exactly. there's some space here for some signatures so we got to get the rest of the team to endorse it nice but you know if you can red or with the 318 What's that? Is that red or orange? It's orange. Go mango orange. Nice. Okay. I was actually, that's one of the parts, <laughs> as, as crazy as it sounds, as lame as it sounds, I got so excited when I found out they were repopping those. I was like, oh, thank God. Because uh, yeah. they, they were, I mean, I was seeing them for like 150 to $300. <laughs> like, insane. But uh, yeah, those are both really cool prizes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's fun to have some fun, fun, fun things to put on the line. That's cool. I like that oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. we did have a question from Desert Mopars. He says, "Where are you guys at with the budget spent? Are you both maxed out at three thousand already? And how are the builds shaping up?" <laughs> um, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay, I, I can't remember exactly. I'd have to go back to my video because I put it everything in the video. That's the beauty of doing videos is you can go reference it. But um, I, if I remember right. I think we had about $500 left or so somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, <clears throat> and I haven't priced a carburetor, haven't put a carburetor up yet. And we're obviously going to go 
nitrous. We've been pretty open about that. So mm -hmm. we've got the nitrous kit and the carburetor. And I, I don't think we need much more than that. Um, other than maybe rear tires, figuring out what we're going to do for rear tires. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and one thing too, just to clarify, um, we, we talked a bit about like safety type items and, and decided to exclude those. So like helmet, roll cage, um, the disc brake, you know, that the disc brakes expense that we had already put into our car. I mean, if you were to buy it new, it's probably 500 bucks or so conversion kit used maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe 250 or so, but it would be a pretty significant cost you know, to our budget, but we decided to exclude safety items. So that, that was something that didn't hit uh, the budget. That's good. Were you guys sure. going with the Keelsey Hayes disc brake version up front? No, that's a body stuff. We don't screw around <laughs> a body's junk. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, no, most of the, um, most of the disc brake kits that you get the, the cheaper ones, they're actually a body. So, I, I'm actually going to talk about this in my next upcoming video, but I'll mention it here if anybody's interested. It's, most of the old school guys know this, but if you use 73 to 76 A-body disc brake cars, because uh, DOT got more stringent right around right into 73, so they started putting disc brakes on a lot of the cars, like 318 cars and stuff, right? So the the disc brake stuff uses big bolt or um, I'm sorry, it's big bolt pattern. And it's also the bigger ball joints that the B bodies use. So if you had like in the set, say, 70s, 80s and 90s, you can go to the junkyard, pull disc brakes off of an A body and then put it on a B body. The only thing you had to do is you had to swap them, swap sides because the calipers are up front, you know, front forward of the spindle and all the brake lines are up front and on a b body it's all in the back so like your kelsey hayes for an a body it's in the back it's kind of the normal more normal gotcha. looking setup so all those disc brake kits the cheaper ones they use a body parts so um chris had already had a bunch of um he had like leftover parts we assembled to put the disc brakes on that car so it's nothing super light or wild, you know, it's not like wildwood stuff or anything. It's all factory heavy type stuff, but okay. Good snobbing. Gotcha. Yeah. That, uh, that safety clause really, I think is what's allowing this competition to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you started adding up the cost of the safety items, uh, yeah, like you said, brakes alone. Right. And, uh, I know we had talked about the rear tires, which, the rear tires were really going to put me over on the budget. I was trying to figure out oh, what can I do on Craigslist and whatnot, but they really do share like half safety, half performance. So right. you know, I liked when we talked about it, uh, looking at what some BF good wrench tires for the rears, you know, some standard two forty fives would cost. It was about 400 bucks for the pair. So we decided to give ourselves a $400 credit towards the rear tires so that we could at least get those if needed. And if we go, you know, more expensive for slicks, that difference is what gets taken out of the budget. So I thought that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good idea. Yeah. It's definitely going to help us, you know, squeeze more out of this and yeah. feel a little safer going down the road too. Are you guys allowed, <clears throat> like, let's just say you had some parts that you weren't going to use that you could sell to help pad the budget a little bit. Are you guys allowed to do that or? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. We got some yeah. nice uh, rally rims that I like, but can totally go away with. Yeah, they're, they're going <laughs> to so. have to go. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. I think we're going to start seeing a trend in um, these little challenges. So everybody out there with a channel or any type of presence on social media don't be surprised if in the coming years he's just gonna get challenged by all these people and you're gonna have to go oh great <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be fun like you got to be ready for it i wasn't yeah. ready for my my challenge and i had to go buy a car <laughs> so now i have this car and uh i think uh, that first week you're thinking about it right and it really starts to process okay how would i do this what would i do and the more you think about doing it just at least for us like the more our excitement rose yeah, right? the more pumped we got. Yeah, the more like you know, I started daydreaming about flying down the track and just throwing my yeah. hand out to wave the Johnny in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm driving backwards. He's in the front. What is the actual date and location of this race? I'll let Jeremy answer. So you know, it's going to be Barona Drags. Okay. Uh, that's an eighth mile track. I'm completely foreign to an eighth mile track. I know Johnny's been there a few times, yeah. but uh, honestly, that's right in the middle between us. So it kind of works out perfect. Started about okay. uh, like an hour trip for, for both me going north, Johnny going south. And uh, it's relatively cheap, affordable, and their schedule is pretty good. They've got some open dates. So, you know, we were looking for the three month deal. We haven't locked the date yet. Okay. But just looking at Barona's schedule, it looks like it's going to be the very end of June maybe first week of July. Yeah, they, they race. Uh, hopefully we're going to do it on a Friday night. I prefer to go Friday nights just because um, like it's more street cars. There's some slower cars there or average cars there. Uh, there's still some fast street cars. Like there's Hellcats and stuff like that. But if you go Saturday, it's like real race cars, you know, and you just look like, you're standing still compared to all of those guys. So I prefer they do like a street drags on the Friday, on Friday nights usually. So, and then they usually race every other weekend. So it just kind of depends where that date lands, you know, uh, basically after our three month mark. Mm. So, well, let me know as soon as you guys have a date, I would love, I, I don't know if I can make it happen, but if I could fly down and witness this firsthand, I definitely would want to cover it. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> Um, and it shouldn't be flying to California. Isn't too bad. I think, I think I can make that happen. Um, but yeah, it, it would be fun. Yeah. It'd be fun to be down there. Uh, well, I, I don't know if Jeremy wants to talk about it, but he, he kind of, he kind of offered something at the track too, as far as, you know, filming. Yeah. Oh, really? So, you know, with, uh, with three months leading up to this, right. I mean, that's Johnny and I are going to have a lot of time invested into our cars. David and I were sitting here talking about how many hours we think we're honestly going to have into the dart. And we were kind of thinking somewhere just north of like a hundred hours, right? We're going to have quite a bit of time. <laughs> when you have a low budget, right? You got to compensate by putting a lot of time into it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, because of all that, we really want to enjoy that race day. So we're going to have a videographer for the day of the race. Nice. We're going to have someone following Johnny, someone following us. And then that way, we don't really have to worry about the shooting because if anybody's been trying to do you know social media with with the car realm, doing the work is one thing. That's hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you've got to shoot the film, I mean, oh, it it definitely adds a lot of time to it. You know, I yeah. struggle with that on the the Barracuda back behind me, but you know, for us being able to relieve that off of our our shoulders, 
and have somebody else take care of it and know what angles to do and you know what shots to catch. I think it's going to allow us to really enjoy the race a lot more. No, and you're going to get some amazing content from it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You may have just saved me a trip down there because I'm, I'm not going to go down there and see a videographer and be like, oh, well, what the hell? Nobody's going to watch mine. <laughs> That's funny. I'm glad you guys told me. I would I would have been bummed out. So you're saying that was a mistake. We should have kept like, that a secret. Yeah. They got a whole crew there yeah. and I roll in with my GoPro and my iPhone. Oh, he, just, he just texted us. He's, he actually canceled. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, we're pumped. We've been talking to a few people around here, just the San Diego area, even people like at work and, you know, anybody that's remotely into to vehicles. It doesn't even have to be cars. I've had people yeah. at work. Yeah, they're extremely about excited like, about this. You know, people that aren't even yeah. into Mopars. Um, David here, even though he's part of Swiss Stock Mopars, he's he's kind of a big Beamer guy, you know. Okay. Don't, uh, give him, just a little bit. Don't give him too hard of a time for that. <laughs> but uh, even he and the rest of uh, the folks that he's been talking to about it, they all kind of want to do something like this. This is fun. And it's, oh, it's fun. yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited about it too, because even though, you know, we have to focus on this event and this build, I'm already kind of imagining where this can go. Cause you know, after this is done, I, I, it's possible that somebody challenges one of us as like the person that's next, or maybe, oh, yeah. maybe it's something that goes, several cars you know it's not just one car on another car but um and then we've got if the duct tape drags ever happen too you know it's that'd be kind of a cool thing i mean the cars are perfect at least our car is perfect for duct tape drags but um it'd be kind of perfect to go hit duct tape afterwards you know later in the year um so yeah it's pretty cool um i i, I realized just now that uh, there's a lot of people that probably don't know what cars you guys are running. So, Johnny, why don't you start off telling them um, about the car that you're going to be using for this competition, and then, Jeremy, you guys can follow after. All right. So we saw a 66 Belvedere pop up. With, it was a, it's a four-door. It has a Poly 318 in it, and it popped up. I can't remember the price it was asking. It was probably like 1200 bucks or something like that. So I just hit up the guys and I just said, Hey, you guys down for us all pitching in 200 bucks and buying this car for a thousand and everybody was down. So the car was actually located over in Compton. So we went to Compton to go pick it up, drug it home. And then I think we only did like two club days where um, we actually worked on the car. So we, the whole plan was to, like build the car, take it to the drag strip. And then out of us, uh, you know, five guys basically like just play with the car switching out and then kind of doing an internal uh, competition, like maybe putting 50 bucks up or hundred bucks up a piece. And then whoever got best ET or whoever got best reaction time with the car, you know, would get the pot or split the pot or whatever, you know, but so, so we got two days of wrenching in on the car, which got us the disc brakes. We got a, the the gas tank changed on it. Um, honestly, I don't. Oh, <laughs> the car's a the car's a two barrel, but you know it was. I, I can't remember. Chris wanted to put nitrous on it like right off the bat, and so he had this adapter plate <laughs> that goes from a four barrel to a two barrel. It was probably designed to go the other way around, but. 
he's going with four barrel to two barrel. So that's what's on the car right now, and it actually runs. Uh, but we ended, we never got to the point where we put a nitrous plate on it yet or anything. But car runs fine. You know, it's really low on horsepower, and it's probably got who knows, like five hundred thousand miles on it or something. You know, but <laughs> it runs like Christine. It's like it feels like it's missing. It just shakes a lot, but. Uh, but it's still a fun car, you know, it fires up, it runs and it'll go down the road. Um, so when we, when we started, when we first started pitching this whole thing to the social media, like, I'll just say we didn't get any kind of flack as far as the value of our car was concerned. (laughs) Um, I don't know why, but (laughs) zero complaints. I know. Yeah, what? I don't understand why you got any. I had to make a video yeah. just talking about how we got it because so many people were like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, crazier uh, things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Months. But Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, before we, <laughs> Johnny, before we uh, turn it over to Jeremy and hear about his car, the yeah. unrealistic price on it and all that fun stuff, yeah. um, what did you name the car? Oh, Chris coined the name uh, Dorothy, so we spell it D O O R T H Y because it's a four door. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah, in the 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 three eighty three. So check this out. We're we're assembling the three eighty three, and um, I thought, man, because the car is tan, and I thought what would be really cool is gold Moroso valve covers on it, right? <laughs> thought oh this is badass so i bought them i bought them on ebay they're on their way and then out of left field down in san diego somebody posted up red moroso valve covers and i thought oh those are badass let me buy those so i bought them and i bought them for me i didn't buy them for the car but then chris was like dude those are the rosy red slippers you have to put those on dorothy (laughs) Because it's like, you know, Wizard of Oz and stuff. And I'm like, okay, so it's getting red valve covers on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, that 383 does look pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It looks, it's just, just ratty enough. I mean, I didn't, I actually, it has like three different colors on it. It's black. It's got like, uh, I think an orange harmonic balancer and a blue timing chain cover. I mean, it just, it's like. (laughs) It's just all like junk stuff thrown on the engine. And originally we were building it for the zip tie drags. Um, so we didn't want it to look pretty. We didn't want it to look expensive. I mean, it really wasn't expensive, but you know, part of doing the hoopty challenge at the duct tape or zip tie drags is the car can't be worth more than $3,000. So the last thing you want is going to both the zip tie and duct tape drags the last thing you want is for them to pop the hood and have like a beautiful, expensive looking engine under the hood, you know, but <laughs> yeah. then you get disqualified. So it's like you want to have you want it wants to, it has to look the look, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so. makes sense. All right, Jeremy, what, what are you running? OK, so we have got a 1968 Dodge Dart. Uh, <laughs> it's a GT original 318 convertible. So. Yeah, so I got this for a steal. And at the time, too, even when they told me the price, I still had some hesitation on it because where I work, I, I've got a junkyard that borders my uh, my work's fence. 
and they were always bringing in cars, you know, 60s Thunderbirds, old D100 pickups. And uh, they brought this giant car carrier in with a Volkswagen bug and this dart. And of course, you know, being a Mopar guy, immediately my neck snaps to the dart. I think I was in the middle of a meeting when I saw him pull into and I just had to stop what I was doing and take a look at it. But uh, I went and talked to the guy. Originally, he wanted 2500 bucks for it. And even then, I was like, oh, oh that's pretty good. But uh, I had to weigh how I was going to pitch that to my wife because, you know, most of us already have some projects. <laughs> so I had uh, my 78 Trail Duster. Obviously, I got the Barracuda behind me. And at the time, the Trail Duster was still a massive project. But uh, I was able to convince her. This was going to be her car. And so she wanted the drop top. I'm not really a big convertible guy, to be honest, but, uh, you know, 2,500 bucks. Yeah. So naturally, that was what he started at. So I, I can't just pay him what he asks. I got to <laughs> negotiate down. Not so if you I negotiated it down to $2,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chop him at the knees. Chop him I at the knees. 2000 bucks with a tow home. So he even towed it home from the wow. nice. Yeah. That's the deal. But there's definitely some some stuff with it, right? It's got a lot of cancer. Um, I had to go through the whole rebuilt title thing, which, you know, for those of you that are listening that don't live in California, that's a nightmare here. <laughs> like, I mean, it took me like five months to get the title in hand. And, oh, you know, nobody gosh. wants to go to the DMV, but <laughs> we got it. So, like I said, it's got that 318, it's a little 904 trans and the, the toothpick rear end. And that's our <laughs> starting point. What's So what's the plan for it? If you can say, and you want to talk. Yeah. About. So, I mean, there's a couple things I can say because they're kind of given, especially given what we got, but that toothpick, that's going to yeah. be gone. <laughs> right, we would we would break that thing on the first hit. Um, we're definitely sticking with the 318. We already did a compression test on it and it was phenomenal. It's nice. actually a lot better than I was expecting. I did a cold test on it. I'm still getting in the one teens for PSI on all cylinders. And, um, so we're gonna run with it. Plus, you know, it's a three eighteen, but it's a three eighteen Magnum. So oh. it's already got the roller cam, the roller drivetrain. You know, it's got uh, low compression, obviously, as all those ones do. But it's a good candidate. So we're sticking with that. Fun and a convertible too. <laughs> That's yeah. You yeah. know, the convertible makes this a little bit difficult, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna ask looking about Looking at that. Verona, you know, with when you have a convertible and you're running faster than fourteen seconds you have to have a main hoop. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely going to have to have a main hoop. Um, I got to confirm again what the speed requirement was for a full cage. But, uh, or, excuse me, I said 14 seconds. That's the, really the NHRA for a convertible. I know Brona's an eighth mile, so I don't really speak eighth mile times. That's difficult for me. But <laughs> whatever the 14-second equivalent in the eighth mile is, that's what uh, requires the main hoop. So we're going to confirm all that. But, of course, that's safety. So it doesn't get taken out of the budget. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. But we can't have the top down, also known as off and uninstalled. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So uh, this uh, dart's going to have a life after this race. Yeah. I mean, it, if it was uh, a, a post car, maybe it didn't have any sentimental value, hmm. I might just go a little crazy with with gutting um but this is a really nice car i can't gut it to the point of you know no return <laughs> yeah sure so we're definitely going to be able to flip it around and, and make it a nice fun car afterwards awesome how what kind of shape is the top in uh it's complete it's got a couple tears in it sun faded 
everything in there is, is pretty bad on sun fade. It's been sitting out for a long time, but uh, it'll have to get redone. I'd imagine to, to get it back to like a nice so cars and coffee car, it would probably need 20, 25 grand. Dude, my goal, my little, goal for going uh, to a cars and coffee is to have the rattiest shit box there. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that sounds the best. Like around here, the, these cars and coffee events, man, they're, they're kind of hoity-toity, if you ask me. We have one. Um, it's in Redmond, so like the area where Microsoft is. And it's mm-hmm. like uh, for exotic cars. And if you don't have an exotic car with a little horse Redmond on Town the side. <laughs> huh? Redmond Town Center? Yes, Redmond Town I, Center. I, yeah, I used to volunteer there. Oh, really? We're both originally from Washington State, so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they're, they're pretty... Uh, they're pretty strict about who they let up there, <laughs> which, you know, if it's an exotic, if it's, you know, <laughs> red, uh, car. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. I had a, um, a Beamer that was pretty uncommon to be on the road still. And so, okay. um, because I helped out there and it was a unique car. Was, and I actually met, got to meet a guy that had a, a Ferrari 250 GTO and a law Ferrari oh. was his wife's car. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. I know. My bu- my buddy told me he went there with his uh, nine second Cobra Mustang caged. It's, it's a badass street car, and they're like, "Get out of here!" And he's like, "What?" And he got yeah, all, yeah, he got yeah. all offended. Yeah, <laughs> he's got like thirty grand into this engine. He thinks his car. I mean, it's a pretty badass car for a Mustang. But it had, you know yeah, I mean? it's just another but, rare factor. Yeah, yeah. They're the like, Mustang, nah. Mustang. At the end of the day, it's still a Mustang. It's not an Eleanor. Yeah. Keep it moving, Mustang boy. <laughs> he, was, he was not happy about it. <laughs> they were just worried about the crowds, if we're being honest. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. All right, so yeah. eighth mile. Johnny, what what are you expecting out of your guys' car? Time-wise? Yeah, sure. Let's 14, get a prediction. Well, well, what's the equivalent to 14 seconds in the eighth? It's like nines. Okay. No, I, I honestly, I, I don't have any idea. No idea. No idea. I mean, we... Honestly, I mean, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. Like, we don't even know. I, I, hopefully, this 3D3 will run, you know, and it'll it'll break in okay. You know, it's a flat tappy cam. So, are you guys going to – I, I want to see the weights on these cars. I would love to see weights. So, if you guys can go to, like, a transfer station or something and just weigh in the cars, it would be cool to get, like, a tail of the tape. You know what I mean? That would be cool. Like this car weighs this much, has this. I don't know. I like the idea of that. For our plans on the uh, the engine, because we can't give away too many secrets, but yeah. we've been talking about it a lot, and uh, we're definitely expecting some some good power numbers. But nice. uh, we will only go take it to a dyno and really see what it's laying down. So we plan to take it to a dyno, hopefully beginning of June, get some uh, some test hits in there so that we're ready to go for the actual race. But uh, aside from the dyno. Yeah, I've got a place near work where I can go get it weighed. That's cool. Johnny's old. Sub three. Johnny's Dino old school. Johnny's old school. I heard the way he dinos cars is he just uses his right foot and then measures the length of the patch and then assumes, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's 300 horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> the one that slowly increases after the years. Like, yeah, that was a 500 horsepower. Three right there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm pretty pumped for this. I, I think that's going to be fun. It, I don't know these these little call out races. I'm I'm really into them. I don't know. I think it, it brings a whole new dimension to uh to fun friendly competition. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind exactly. Of lights a fire under people. It's great for content. I mean, um, yeah, it's awesome. So good job, Jeremy. 
coming up with a great idea. Thank, know, thankfully, right? you didn't call me out because that would have been a drive too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can only afford one race in five years. So, <laughs> you know, we talked about be cool. this uh, for a while before we really kind of decided we were going to move forward with it. And uh, one of the things we had talked about is, well, right now this is just a head-to-head competition. You know, depending on how this goes, and I mean, so far, you know, it just started, but the feedback is great. <laughs> so after this is done and it's wrapped up, I mean, we're going to kind of sit down and talk about it. You know, for the next time, maybe it's a head-to-head, maybe it's a bracket style where we've got you know, ten cars participating. I would like to run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, no, I think I. I mean, we we did duct tape drags last year, and dude, I I just love that event. I mean, the whole vibe to it, like like we just did mats too, right, Chris mm-hmm. and I, and it's just different. Like that is a higher level very expensive, very fast cars. You know, it takes a lot of knowing what the hell you're doing to run that quick of a car. Um, but when you go to the duct tape drags or the, what used to be the zip tie drags, it's like the opposite end of the spectrum. It's average guys, blue collar guys that, you know, don't have huge budgets and they're running a lot of junky cars out there, you know? And, uh, so I, I really enjoy that vibe. So I think if we can get something going where, who knows, maybe, you know, every three months after this build or something, every three months we have a meet, we get enough people interested and in, like everybody brings their hoopies out and battles it out, you know, in some kind of venue. Cause mm-hmm. that's, what's cool too, about like, if we have, if we could get like-minded people to kind of meet up at a given time, you know, because when you're just going on your own to the drag strip, you don't know what's going to be. There might be guys that would love to go up against a car like yours, but, you know, there's no there's no announcement like, hey, everybody, it's old school car day or it's hoopty car day or it's this. You know, it's it's just race. They're just racing. So it'd be nice to get sort of like a schedule going where these particular cars can come out. Low budget cars could come out and compete, you know, and play around and maybe maybe have like trophies, you know, we, we hand out or something, you know, be kind of cool. I like, I like where, I like where that's going, Johnny. Um, yeah. How, uh, let me ask you this. <clears throat> how big was the crowd at duct tape? Uh, it was pretty, pretty big. Um, it's hard to compare to Matt's because it's just like at, at Tucson, it's everything is the drag racing, you know, you have the pits and drag racing. There's no car show, no vendors. Um, it was pretty full. And as it turns out, there was a few content co- uh, creators in there too. Some YouTubers that I didn't even realize. I ended up talking to the guy that was parked next to me and he's, he's actually in Ramona. Um, he's a Ford guy. I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but, um, he, he, he was out there, pretty cool guy. And then, um, there's a girl called Liv Scavaldi or something like that. She's got a Firebird with an LS motor in it. She was out there. So it's uh, it, there's a lot of people. It's it's big. It's a big footprint, and there's a lot of a lot of ratty cars. Like some car, some of them, you're just like, wow. I'm surprised they let that thing on the track at all. You know. <laughs> Man, I'm t- gosh. I, with as popular as shows like Street Outlaws are, and as popular as vehicles like Farm Truck are, 
I really think that there's a market here for these types of races. And there's probably because it opens the door for so many other people, there yeah. may just be a future racing class for this low budget type stuff, which would be awesome if like they were all over the country and then maybe there was like a central event, like a championship, kind of like what they do for no prep Kings or something where it's like they travel around that kind of thing, especially with content creators that could eventually monetize their channels and stuff and, and be able to afford that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, there may be a future in this type of racing. I don't know. I, I yeah. I'm really intrigued with it. Um, yeah. The, the tough thing is, is it's, it's almost like it's gotta be bracket racing related, you know, which, yeah. Personally, um, when Paris used to have a racetrack, I raced a couple of times there. Like it, it was just everybody shows up, you just race, like test and tune type thing. People just race against each other. But a couple of times they're like, "Hey, we want to do bracket racing." They'd get, they would get enough people to to participate, and then they would do brackets. And man, like such a ton of fun! I had so much fun doing that. Um, I was listening to John Wilburn yesterday talk about it, and he was saying that. You know, bracket racing is kind of, it was boring. And I don't know, maybe it is compared to other, you know, like real racing class type cars. But, you know, the nice thing about bracket racing is it's the big equalizer because like any kind of racing, you know, everybody wants to be competitive. So everybody's always going to be pushing the envelope. And just like Street Outlaws, you know, you've got cars that are running three seconds now. And it's like, well, you know, and running you know, for a time there, they went into pro mods and stuff. And it's like, well, it's not even a, it doesn't even resemble an old school car because that's just what happens with competition. Everybody wants to win. And usually the guy with more money wins because he could do more exotic things. So, you know, in like in our case, the, the limiting factor is the money, right? It's the budget. Yeah. You've got three grand. Everything has to be within that $3,000 budget. So, you know, I can't go out and buy an eight, seven, one blower and throw it on the car and then just, you know, like blow everybody away. You know, it's sort of like, there's only so much you can do with the amount of money that you have. So that's kind of the limiting factor, which is cool. And maybe, maybe coming up with something in the future, that'll be part of it, you know, but mm. like the zip tie drags, that's kind of what they were doing. You know, the roadkill guys were doing that across the country and it's very subjective, obviously, I mean, it becomes it. You got to go if if you ever have a chance to go to the duct tape drags, which is what it's called now, and it's only in Tucson. And I don't even know if they're doing it this year, but you got to go. I mean, it's Comedy Central when they when they judge the cars, because there will be cars coming through that are obviously obviously way more valuable than three thousand bucks, and they just like they'll just like rip on them or laugh on them or, or not even stop and just tell them like, nope, keep going. You know, and then and then you get the really shitty cars and they just start really ripping on it. Like, yeah, this is totally junk. You are you're in, you know, and it's it's That's a funny. subjective call. So there's guys that, you know, you could be um, you can make a car look like it's worth a lot less than it is. And maybe, you know, internally make it a very expensive engine and clean everybody's clock. And then plus there was cars that are kind of on the fence. And they throw it to the crowd. And if the crowd, if that guy's got a bunch of people in his corner cheering for him, they'll let it in, even though it's clearly not a $3,000 car, you know, so mm -hmm. you got to you gotta do something to keep people from just going in there and dominating everybody because, you know, and then the tough thing about budget too, is it, 
like LS turbo turbo LS motors, it's very hard to compete uh, money wise against a package like that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, especially yeah. if you're dealing with old school, like old school Mopars, it's not very plug and play for, you know, turbo setups. Nitrous, nitrous, nitrous. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think there's like, there's two major things that make the budget races really what they are. Right. And uh, the first one is just watching people get creative. You know, all those old tricks that have been long forgotten because they just don't do that anymore with the ECUs and the dual cams and all that stuff. And then the other aspect to it that makes it so exciting is the sheer send it factor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Like you got three grand into it. You know, if it blows up in a ball of flame, you know, you're safe. But that's awesome. Dude, I, I, I like, <laughs> oh, my run, yeah. I hope that happens. Oh, man. Like, honestly, if that third race, yeah. if I throw a piston all the way up in the atmosphere, <laughs> like, yes. I'm going up with double fists in the air. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gave it all it had and I found the limit. Never the, found yeah. the limit before. The full you know, send racing car, series. Nice. That's it. You're afraid to. It's the full send yeah. racing series. That's what yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Chris Fields in the house. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, hey, buddy? Nothing much. Uh, everybody can hear me. This is the first time I've used this setup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hear you just fine. So, Chris, how do you how do you fit into this whole thing? Are you Johnny's like wingman? What's going on here? Yeah, Are just spare, spare weapon, spare parts. That's yeah, all. Spare parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, you know, I don't know. I think uh, uh, I'm just the guy that uh, helps put the pieces together, right? I mean, well, we've got I, a bunch of junk laying around. I, I did convince him to put 200 bucks in to buy this thing. So <laughs> he does own the car. He owns part of the car. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. You're selling, you're selling shares to this thing, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, we went we went at two hundred it was five of us, we went in two hundred bucks a piece. So okay. it was Forrest, Chris, myself, Bob Rayburn, and uh Ed Black. So um and, and then so Chris Chris has his shop car, which is also a sixty six Belvedere, very similar to our car. Um, <laughs> extraordinarily similar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if you've seen pictures of his Belvedere, but he's stolen parts off of our Dorothy to make his car nicer. Just, just so, uh, just so you know, <laughs> doing it, doing you a favor for weight reduction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got mother nature on our side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ours is just chipping away slowly. By the time we race, I've we'll lost like 30 pounds. <laughs> Chris, for those of uh, for the people in the chat that don't know who you are, uh, what shop do you own? And I know you have some uh, news about a company that you have acquired. Please uh, inform the listeners about that. Sure. So I own Motec Performance in uh, Marietta, California. We do, you know, a lot of Mopar stuff, but also muscle cars and hot rods and mm. uh, all of that. Uh, and last year uh, in July, I bought Schumacher Creative Services, which makes all the uh, motor mount swap setups and headers and that kind of thing. And I've just been building up inventory with that because, uh, unfortunately, Michael Schumacher, actually, I think it's pronounced Shoemaker, but I'm changing the, the way it's said because I like Schumacher better. Uh, <laughs> uh you know, he let it go for like two or three years and there was nothing. Mm-hmm. So I just been building it back up, trying to get some inventory uh, yeah. and make, make all the stuff that people need. 
Awesome. So we can set the rumors to where I keep hearing <clears throat> other things. It's MoTeC. It's Chris Field. Nobody else. That's it. Um, I'm the only one that's running this thing into the ground. Nobody else. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I had to talk to a couple people about that. I'm like, nah, I'm pretty sure I know the guy. <laughs> uh, the internet's a crazy place. But yeah. that that's, that's the done deal. So, I mean, for those of us that aren't in the business, it's got to be hard to acquire a company that has been, you know, for lack of a better uh, term, I guess, ran into the ground, essentially. I mean, he kind of just let it go due to health with his family or some some yeah. un, unfortunate circumstances. It's, it, was it hard getting it back off the ground? Yeah, you know, starting, at, well, <laughs> funny story. Uh, he even went so far as to sell his samples. Like I have, uh, I am missing samples. And Johnny actually bought the very last torque strap the guy ever had was his display piece. Oh my it was painted turquoise. And Johnny's like, Oh, I got a turquoise one. And I'm like, you MF, like that's <laughs> <laughs> like, I have nothing. And uh, so, yeah, it's been tough. Uh, you know, not just, I have files like CAD files and stuff yeah. like that, but no physical products. Uh, and then, yeah, just the damage control with trying to make people realize that, you know, it's back and it's, you know, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Uh, you know, I'm awesome. in bars and stuff like that. And I want to make all this stuff work. Uh, and, and even some people just don't want to hear it. You know, I, I somewhat argued with a guy on the internet, uh, who said, well, if Schumacher was bought, uh, then they're no longer around, even if, you know, it's the same stuff. And I'm like, whatever dude like, <laughs> it's the same stuff i'm just a different guy i that's that's funny um so it's going to be the same catalog essentially just under different ownership yeah cool uh, are there plans to innovate some new products and stuff like that yeah once i get a hold on on uh some of this you know getting the products back out there uh then then we're gonna do that we have a a Gen 3 Hemi header that uh, I have the prototype of that I need to do some test fitting on just to make sure that's all good to go. Awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll come out with that. And then there's uh, a couple other products uh, that I can talk about, like a, uh, a replacement mount for, let's see, to replace like a, a biscuit mount on a, a B&E body with a spool. So it's got a bracket that bolts the K member yeah. uh, that's got bushings and a sleeve, you know, instead of those biscuit mounts that separate, you know, under a bunch of torque. Awesome. And you're keeping the uh, uh, Desert Mopars in the chat asks, basically, are you keeping the name? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the website's the same. Okay. Uh, engine-swaps.com. Uh, you know, the name is the guy's been around or Schumacher has been around since 1992 yeah. doing all this stuff. So it'd be kind of foolish. Uh, there's a lot of name recognition. So I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to get rid of it. Pretty well known locally in my area, in the Seattle area. That's where. Oh yeah. Was sure. at. Yeah. Um, very cool, man. I'm really excited that we'll be getting those products back. Cause I, I've seen it all over the internet. <laughs> it's, oh, Schumacher's not around anymore. There's no more mounts. So people are looking elsewhere. And it's a good thing that you guys are back. Cause it's never a good thing when there's only, you know, two or three companies offering mounts. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm excited about that. So congratulations on the, the acquisition, dude. Appreciate it. Um, I'm not gonna lie, Chris. I uh, I happen to have some conversion mounts that I bought from Schumacher like oh, yeah. like five years ago. Yeah, and uh, you know that time period when nothing was going out and everybody was freaking out because you know they weren't able to get anything. I saw those prices rise and rise. You know. <laughs> 
I'm going to sell mine. And as soon as I put them up for sale, I think you started producing again. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Your They're sitting on the shelf somewhere. Yeah. I get calls all the time. People like they bought these mounts and they've been sitting on them for years. Like, I mean, I know all these projects take a long time, but the guy's like, ah, I bought your mouse 14 years ago, uh, but I lost the instructions. Yeah, plans change too, right? Yeah, I guess. Jed, Jed is asking, I need Gen 2 Hemi conversion mounts for a B body. Uh, I got 30 sets in production right now. We should have them in about a month, a uh, month and a half. Cool. Nice. Very nice. Um, Chris, it's kind of funny. I was, gosh, where was it? I think it was uh, Netflix. I forget what show it was. Mm. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> I, I know that car. I know that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. How did, how did that come about? <laughs> well, uh, so that was uh, Rust to Riches on Netflix. Yeah. And uh, that shows, per- what's that? I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we've all gotten a chuckle out of that show, uh, <laughs> but it's produced locally in Temecula. Okay. And, uh, the, uh, I think the producer came by one day. He was, there was a storyline they were trying to, trying to drum up. And, uh, he asked if they could use the shop as, as a filming location. And there was a storyline, you know, they had built a car. Hey, believe it or not, uh, all the stuff in Hollywood like isn't real. It's pretty much all scripted, no matter what. Um, so, you know, they had a storyline. They had a car. They needed to sell. I was the buyer, but we couldn't come up with a deal. You know, blah blah blah. So, uh, yeah, I was I was their whore for the day. Can I say whore? Yeah, yeah. Is that okay? Well, if it, if it doesn't work, that's how I feel today. Don't feel bad. <laughs> if it doesn't if it doesn't work out with Motek, I have six hours to be put to work. <laughs> no, seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta do if, it. <laughs> if yeah. it doesn't work out with Motec, right. you can always get, get a job acting. At least I get a high five when I leave. Yeah, right on. <laughs> and Olive Garden, by Olive Garden, so we're good. There we go. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. I just I just remember watching the show because I, I, I get a kick out of some of those shows because they're so hilarious to me because I'm just like, gosh, how can they how can they think they're fooling people like real car people see right through the BS, like right through. Oh yeah. It's hilarious. But it's, and it's entertainment at the end of the day. Uh, And believe it or not, that show, the ratings of that show are higher uh, than, and and the viewership is greater than like uh, what fast and loud used to be. And that was a pretty popular show. I can tell you exactly um, why the ratings are high on that show, but we'll leave that mm, out. I, yeah. I can give you <laughs> two good reasons. Yeah. 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 Good Lord. Yeah. She's, she's actually very nice in person. One of the, she one of the seems nicer nice. ones. I saw her at SEMA, but I got cold feet. I didn't, <laughs> She's very approachable. I mean, she, she actually, uh, damn it. she has a, I know next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's a nice, nice lady. Uh, and she does work on cars and, and all of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's not, not just a pretty face. Yeah. No, I, I, I find entertainment in all those shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, you have to, you have to understand like as a car guy, they really, those shows really aren't for car guys. In my opinion, they're like for, you know, people that like want to take a glimpse into what they think is the car business, I guess. Yeah. And it's the, like, in the custom business. It's the casual. Oh, it gets people interested. It yeah, does. That's true. Yeah, it does. 
some of the some of the stuff I see on these shows, though, it's funny when you know that they didn't finish the car all the way, and they're like trying to get the angles of the stuff that looks decent, and then you see like some shit that's unfinished, and you're as a car guy, you're like, what the what is that? It's, that to me is the funny part. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's all funny. My cars. Yeah, and th- <laughs> and then they're, <laughs> but then they're selling them to these people, and you hear the numbers that they're throwing out, and you're like, oh, clearly this person, like, if that was, if they built that for me, <laughs> I'm, I got questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I just find I find it entertaining. Grand, but it has like twenty grand in parts. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I know hey, we Chris, got a guy. Uh, What's up? Oh, you got you got that, Chris? The oh. Mopar Man seventy eight. Here. Here you go. Oh yeah. Early A body stuff. Uh yeah, we're gonna come up with it, but it's it's like uh it seems like the product that I'm coming out with next is never what somebody needs. <laughs> so I'm like I'm constantly playing catch up. But yeah, uh probably the early A body stuff is is honestly towards the end of the year. That's got to be tough when a guy's exhausted all the inventory and you're building it back up and you got to get all that stuff manufactured. God, that's yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. process all in itself. You were, you were telling me about motor mounts too when he had motor mount, like you actually had a bunch of left hand motor mounts and like no right hands or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, I did get some inventory, but it was mostly left hand brackets for some reason. There were like no right side brackets. I don't know why that why that happened that way. Uh, but you know, it's, it just kind of, it's kind of worked out. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, when I was building all this stuff, I just go from like, uh, the most popular kits on mm-hmm. down. And, uh, it seems like now that everything's kind of shifted, you know, price wise, everything's so expensive, uh, B and even like, uh, later a bodies, all the guys are jumping to early a bodies and like, there's just a huge explosion for all that stuff. Everybody really wants it, which, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the early A's, but you know, they're, they're uh, popular. They really are. They're still reasonable when you can find them. Uh, I know right. that I've seen a couple online where I was like, God, if I liked those cars enough, that's a pretty good deal right there. They're <laughs> um, also extremely lightweight, right? You know, they're great for drag racing because yeah, they only weigh a reason. fraction of the B body. No kidding. I've seen a yeah, couple drag what cars. Looks like. Yeah. Here's what it looks like when you win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, um, uh, Bigfoot and Mopars was asking. He wants one set of 66 to 72 B body, 383, 400 mounts, which I, I that's the same as a 440, I believe. But he wants to run one solid and one polylock. Uh, the one set will do both the satellite and the RT. Oh, okay. I guess he's probably looking at the driver's side solid for one car and the polylock for the other car. And then he would like to also buy two transmission mounts for the 66 to 72. So he said that he went on your website and you were out. Yeah, I, I probably sold out of the polylocks for sure. I know I'm out of those. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He if you if he just if he types in his credit card information in the chat, uh, I can zip one off to him. I'm sure. Okay. Store <laughs> <laughs> your social out there while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, but if he shoots me an email, I can I can probably answer his question a little bit more thoroughly. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely, my coffee. You go ahead and post your your information up there, please. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's an that's another guy that's been on TV quite a bit. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> oh, hey, that's think funny. He uses it for advertising to sell his cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I got that 440, though, that Cornet. Is it the six-pack? That's pretty sweet. I mean, I saw that uh, the uh, barn fine race right between him and that Challenger. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was pretty epic. a lot of attention, too. Yeah. That was last year's uh, Matt's. Chris Albrecht and I were there. Got to see that firsthand. It was so it was so cool. I mean, it, like they're slow compared to all the race cars, you know, to real race cars. But they were fairly equal, and to see like a pretty stock six pack and a pretty stock Hemi go at it, you know. But I think like uh, the Hemi just wasn't really tuned right either. So it might have been a closer race if it was. Those cars basically just got running. Like, it, yeah. They didn't, I mean, none of the bugs were worked out of them. In fact, <laughs> Mike was power shifting this thing, and rat shit was coming out of the dash. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, he got back. He got back to his parking spot. He's like, yeah, there's rat shit everywhere. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh man, I was laughing. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> I feel yeah. like uh, uh, Mike drove that thing. <laughs> I, I feel like Mike drove that thing with less of a give a shit than the other guy as well. Well, I mean, it yeah, wasn't even was Tony's car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I talked to Tony about that. I was like, man, that's that's got to be pretty crazy. And he's like, yeah, man, I, I'm not trying to blow up a you know six figure car. You know, yeah. Because I mean? yeah. it's not. That was another thing that was interesting about it. It's not like it was a you know a duster and a friggin' you know seventy three Barracuda you know barn finds. You're talking about. A 71 Hemi Challenger RT and a 70 Coronet RT446 pack car. Both of them four speeds. Yeah, both of them numbers matching. Like there was so much that was so cool about it. And when I put, I know when I posted my videos, there were so many people talking shit. I was like, really can't just appreciate. No worries. Um, but yeah, that was a, uh, it was definitely a, uh, Definitely a fun race. Um, I did see a question in the chat that I thought would be interesting to answer um, because it definitely could go two different ways. First time listener, long time Mopar guy. Just curious what you guys would recommend as far as going bigger wheels and tires on a 69 dart swinger. It currently has the stock 14 inch five by four steel wheels on. I guess that it, from my perspective, I guess it would depend on what direction you're going with the car. But uh, I know that most people would probably say convert it to a big bolt pattern. Um what do you guys have to say about that? I'm still limited on the small bolt pattern. I mean, they're great, especially when you're looking for that original look. You know, you want 14s mm. specifically. But uh, if you're trying to go for a bigger tire combo. I'm not going for looks. <laughs> you might have to, to convert. And I know they have the spacers as well as the you know, the adapters, but I personally he, would never run those. Is he talking about diameter? Is he talking about width? You know, uh, there's a couple yeah. there's a couple caveats to that question. Yeah. I mean, if I were him, I'd sell it and buy a B body, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wind model. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're at a huge disadvantage to put a big tire under that car there. They don't have a huge wheel well to play with. So. I couldn't even get a 255 on uh, the back of mine without um, trimming the lip and possibly getting some offset. Um, hangers and stuff or just inboarding inboarding them there's a definitely not a lot of room in those things you you're better off with a uh like a second gen barracuda because they got the bigger wheel openings 
Yeah, they, they can fit huge wheels stuck. I mean, the, yeah. the Dart obviously has got the body lift that comes over the wheel. Mm -hmm. Makes it difficult. You're either cutting that for a Hemi style or you're going inward. Um, on my 69 Barracuda, I've got two 75s, and I still have more than half an inch on both sides. Oh, wow. Now, I have a custom-built axle for it, so I measured it exactly so that I had that room. But uh, still, it I mean, is the custom axle I have is basically a B-body width. <laughs> on Mustang wheels and fat tires. Is it tub? No, stock wheel wells. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. It fits pretty nicely, too, look-wise. Um, Jeremy, for the people that didn't catch the episode, I forget what episode it was that you came on, um, and you were telling us about your project, because you also sent in a listener story way back in the day. Um, yep. It's funny to say way back in the day. It's only a couple years, but uh, tell tell the folks what, what your little passion project that's actually behind you is. Yeah, so I don't know if you can see it or not, but uh, I'm a big A-body guy, and I've got a 69 Plymouth Barracuda uh, notchback, and the story behind that's pretty cool. It was my great-grandmother's car. You know, a lot happened between then, and my father sold it in 89 because my mom didn't like the color. She puked in the front seat on the first date, and that stain is still on the carpet. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I hunted it down and found it in 2014, and I was able to buy it back. And, you know, had it been an original VA car, I probably would have tried to do something more OEM. I know my grandfather definitely would have wished I went OEM, since that was his mom's car. But uh, kind of went as far towards the other end of the spectrum as possible. So I've got to... A crate Viper V10, T56 Magnum, and a Strange yeah. 60 for the car. Already got those parts. I'm just in that fabrication stage now. Nice. So I, I was trying to get that done before Hot August Nights last year, but uh, you know it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, growing family that's always difficult, and you know how life gets. Sure, so, absolutely. Uh, I'm taking my time on it now, and. Honestly, one of the big things, too, that really helped me with the Barracuda, because I went a few months without touching it, as I think a lot of us do with our projects. But, sure. uh, you yeah. know, this this 3K drag challenge really sparks some motivation. You know, I, I love the car, obviously, but just sometimes the work gets pretty overbearing. You'll get in the garage, ready to work. You'll stare at it. Burn 30 down. minutes goes by, and then you just decide, okay, I'm, I'm not going to work on it tonight. Yeah. But uh, this challenge here has definitely reignited that spark, and I've been able to put quite a few hours into it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and I like the idea of it just being low budget, too. You know, not putting too big of a dent in your own personal finances and kind of limiting how crazy you get with the build to some degree, you know. Limiting how crazy you get with the build. Oh, no, are we talking about the same car, Johnny? <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, we're not going to turn it into a tube chassis car or anything like that, you know, and it's going to be a pretty basic build. So, I mean, uh, and we're all very busy, so it's like, it's really hard. I mean, it, like I said, I think we got, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but I think we only got like two actual days of working on the car since we've owned it. Pretty much. I mean, we got a lot done because there was at least three or four of us on the car. Um, but, you know, it's hard. So even out of this three months, I think we're going to be probably getting a lot of that work done in probably just a handful of days, you know, where we can actually meet up and we're available and just bust ass on it. I was referring to the 
Barracuda with the Viper engine, but oh, <laughs> I just let you go, Johnny. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I thought we were talking about the dart. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yep. You know, one thing about this uh, this challenge to you that we haven't really talked about yet is that, you know, while this is a head head challenge, because we do have team members, it's not just a, you know, a solo thing, you know, Johnny and myself going at it. You know, we've got a lot of people helping us with these builds. So, you know, the challenge rules are it's the first to three wins. Oh, and nice. Johnny and I aren't going to be behind the driver's seat for every single pass. We're taking that's, turns with team members. That's interesting. So that's that like extra factor that uh, is really going to, be curious to watch. We'll All see right. you know, who has uh, enough time behind the seat, who's prepared to handle the car. How many you know test passes do we get? We may not get any. So this should be really fun. I'm just happy to get to you nitrous. Yeah. <laughs> so who are all the drivers? He didn't then? say nitrous. He didn't say nitrous. You can forget that. <laughs> I was looking. I was looking forward to the turbos. Honestly, well, that's not out of the ballpark yet either. Hmm. <laughs> just, just stir up whatever you're thinking we're doing we're doing everything i see what chris was trying to do there i see <laughs> that's funny um so who are the other drivers for your guys' teams then want to go first john sure so we got uh well we got bob rayburn who has never come out to participate so <laughs> i don't expect like the to stick up. yeah <laughs> He he backed. He put two hundred bucks in, and that was pretty much it. Um, and then uh, Forrest, he moved to Oklahoma, so he's kind of out. So it's it Ed Black. So it's Ed Black, Chris, and myself, the three of us on this team. Nice, and you know, for us over at the Source Talk Mopar side, we've got uh, my one and only old man, <laughs> Jason Williams. He's going to be on our team. He's going to be flying down from Washington. He lives up there still. Uh, he's definitely been helping me out with the car. In fact, uh, we've already got the car stripped down on the interior. Got to see all the the mother nature lightning you know, that we didn't want to see. And um, you know, we've got weight reduction. Yeah, the weight reduction. We've got uh, David Neighbors right here next to me, of course. Who, uh, even though he's a big Beamer guy, I know that he knows how to handle a car. And so, plus he only weighs like a buck forty. So weight reduction. <laughs> so, and then obviously myself. Uh, and uh, even though it, we're doing the first of three. You know, we're hoping for that Friday night, and you know, if we can get six, seven passes in, we're going to keep having fun. We're going to be racing all night. Oh, yeah. uh, the challenge, of course, is, is the first of three, but we're going to all try to take a turn going down it, just flooring it, seeing what it's got. See how how long it takes till we throw a run. Yeah, yeah it would be cool if three eighteen lives. I mean, but I'm definitely going to put that to the test. <laughs> That's why three eighteens are so fun because it's like, all right, let's let's send it to the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> If it's a 340, you think about it completely different nowadays. Yeah. I'm sure that used to be the case back in the 90s, but now if you mention the word 340 at a car show, you get people snapping their necks asking you if you're selling it. God, can you uh, – some of these 340s that are out there for sale, it just blows my mind. I like, <laughs> Unless you're building a numbers-matching build, and even then it's like, well, you're not going to have the numbers-matching block. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, why would you spend that much money? It's insane. I guess, like, for instance, there's a, I think it's a TA block that's local, and it's, like, in the teens. I was just like, damn, I would have to, uh. But I guess if you're building a car, then you want to get it as correct as possible. And I guess you're willing to spend that kind of money. But I just, no, I'll take uh, I'll take my $100 <laughs> throwaway engines all day long over something like that. 
Yeah, they're great. I mean, I had a 416 Stroker. Obviously, it was based on a 340 and a dart mm. swinger. I used to drag race in, and uh, I loved it. It's a great engine, but yeah. I was always worried that I was going to you know destroy it. You have <laughs> a lot invested into it, and I ended up taking it out of the car, sold it, which was about five years ago. And I think I sold it for like five grand. I had a complete running 416 Stroker, which is a bad deal. Fantastic nowadays too. But uh, I took a 360 that had been sitting in an old trail duster for like eight years or seven years, just looked at the rods, made sure everything looked good, threw it in the car. And I had way more, more fun beating on that. I didn't really care if it blew. I just wanted to have fun than I did worrying about the 416. Didn't have the power, but still lit the rear wheels up. And that's really what you want. Yep. That's fine. Nice. Coffee just made a good point. He said uh, 360 is the same cost. Why mess with a 318? That's a great point. And that's why I may have made a deal on a $100 360. But that's for another day to talk about. Um, yeah, five to six grand for a 340 is insane. Uh, <clears throat> trying to think if there's any other questions I have about this race because it's, you know, it's coming up pretty quick. Like I, when I think about Sykeston, I'm like, you know, how many months, five, six months away. And <laughs> you guys are talking about a three month challenge. That's pretty crazy. Um, and so you guys are seeing a lot of, like a lot of people are interested in this. You guys have been promoting it on your channels and stuff. Um, well, I've posted a few videos on it. Every It's been good feedback. I can't say I've heard anybody locally, um, you know, say anything about it. I don't know. There's a couple of car guys at work, but there's not a huge, I'm not amongst a big circle of car guys sure. other than my friends that, you know, they're on the team already. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it, how it plays out. With the videographer, are you guys going to split up the content or Jeremy, are you going to hog it all? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to split it. You know, we, we want to make sure we both have a lot of fun. Um, sure. Now, I know obviously yeah. even with the videographer, like I'll still have my own uh, shots that I'll take. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to get, of course, GoPros on the cars, yep. especially the aft facing ones and uh, make sure that you know I'm getting some of the shots that I really want. Dang, whether the, it at the face. The face, yeah. Angle it at the face. Yeah, if an angle is at my face, though, and I no, no, I not your up, face. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think we need to split. Anyway, we may have some of the same. Like obviously, you know, the races. There's three races that are really a part of the competition, so I'm sure both of us are going to have the the same shots on the race itself. But you know, anyone that has ever gone to a drag strip that day of the race, there's there's a ton of prep, right? You're doing all kinds of things. What are you going to do for the race? So that's where both Johnny and I, our channels, are really going to defer. It's how are we, at least for that particular video, how are we getting our cars ready? What do we feel about our passes? What is our strategy to outwit the person next to us, right? What lane do we want? All that kind of stuff is really going to be fun. So while, you know, say just for numbers, if we have a 20-minute video for this uh, this final showdown, we may only have two minutes. They're the same. They're really going to be our independent sure. videos. Yeah, I think, you know. That's cool usually when you when you edit you kind of i think even if you gave if we both had the same stock footage the way we edited it and the way our perceptions are it's probably going to look pretty different from each other even if a lot of the footage is the same and then plus like i i'm planning on doing the same thing is just putting gopros on the car and just turning them on you know as the car is getting up into the lanes and kind of like 
like Jeremy's talking about, you don't want to spend a whole bunch of your time trying to focus on how do I get a shot or how do I videotape this? It's like, let those guys handle all of that, but throw cameras on the car and let the cam the cars catch, you know, footage of the car on the other lane. Um, and then when I'm not behind the wheel, I'd like to be up close to the line and get some footage from my phone as well, you know, and then just kind of combine all of that stuff and then put it out there and see what it looks like, you know? But I mean, I, I really hope you never know with this stuff, but I really hope the cars come out really close to the, to each other. And I hope like the, the variables between the drivers and stuff are become, you know, the factor. So like, yeah, yeah, be, for sure, I, for sure. I think it'd be well, like, one race, one wins, one race, the other one wins. Yeah. Like, like something really close like that would be epic, you know? Yes. So, <laughs> so how, so are you guys, Johnny and Jeremy, are you guys going to be the last race <laughs> or what? How's this going to work? Do you guys have it planned out yet? We haven't, <laughs> yeah, we haven't planned out yet. John is a, John's a notorious sandbagger. So you gotta be, gotta watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'm really excited about with, uh, with having, you know, obviously such a budget, it's what we can do to the suspension. Because, I mean, you can throw as much power as you want, right? Yeah. But you got to be able to control the power. That's really where the race is going to be won here. Because, um, yeah, he's got a 3-3. We've got the 18 With, I think, what both Johnny and I are planning to do and then all of us as a team, right? I think power-wise, we're going to be really close. I think it's really going to go down to handling and driver's. Yeah. Uh, handling as in like the suspension yeah so well there's seeing, also gear ratios yeah, yeah. there's gear ratios yeah someone's lucky and has a 456 pump yeah, thing. that's pretty I, cool I, I, learned about, I learned about that yesterday and i was not not thrilled yeah not many stock cars come with a 456 and prices down here in san diego are pretty crazy so i shouldn't uh, have said that in one of those videos but i got i got yeah. such old videos of that you really, you really shouldn't have no it's good we, we needed to know that we got to compensate somehow yeah no it's, it definitely lit a fire that was a fire They've been doing well, some research. We, do we don't know. Yeah. Suspension was something I wasn't even thinking about. What was that, Chris? I was thinking the suspension wasn't something we really thought about. I mean, we got clapped out 318 springs in the back of that Belvedere. Like two of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, yours weighs a little less than yeah. a day. So, uh, yeah, something to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, looking at some of the forums and – Growing up and building cars, uh, really before these giant Facebook groups and this the big community online, you know some of the older school forums, I guess, like for a bodies only, and uh, you know they're still pretty active now. But they've got some content from 25 years ago. I've gone to there for a lot of those tricks that are really forgotten nowadays. You know, how do you stack the springs? You know, do you push them forward a little bit? Push them rear? You know, those right hand torques on the Mopars. What can you do to make sure that squats even? Stuff like that. They have a lot of that information, and they just got to dig for it. So that's pretty cool. I've definitely yeah, been right. looking to like, a bunch of them. Like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. It's just some kind of mind game. game. We're, the, we're the underdogs here. We got to, it's just know, a mind I, game. I we're gonna, gonna, yeah, so let's <laughs> just give them more information. <laughs> we're going to show up with like a, a 10 pack leaf on the on the passenger side. <laughs> and you'll be yeah. the one last one. Look there's just, just looking at springs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> To yeah, see the giant solid. shackles for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've got all those cool tricks and we're excited to use them. 
Nice. What I think I think Chris had asked this. He's like, so how do we know like their car's not going to show up with like no fenders on it, no door on it? And, you know? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, Jeremy early on pretty much said it's got to retain it's got to retain its exterior original exterior look. So you can replace parts with fiberglass parts, but you can't have like no fender on the car, or no deck lid on the car or anything like that. Yeah, so we still want them to look like cars, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it still looks like a convertible. Sure. Yeah, well. It still looks like a convertible. Yeah. He's going to be missing yeah. a roof. Yeah. That's a convertible. Yeah, no kidding. That's why I said, "Are you guys going to weigh him?" Because I'm curious, you know. Um, yeah, I know. I was Dorothy really is not exactly light. When I first heard it was a, a Belvedere, I thought, "Okay, sweet, we got the weight." And then I looked it up, and you know, the '67 Belvedere, especially the one you have, is not the heaviest. They look, they look massive. They I look was massive. like, as soon as I saw what it looked like, I looked it up, just an image, and I was like, "Oh, we got this." I looked at the weight, and I was like, "But I, I think their curb weight is is only like 3,400 pounds, maybe a little bit extra change." So um, you have it. I mean, the three to three away some more for sure. Well, well, yeah, yeah. It'll weigh. It'll weigh. <laughs> yeah, more. it's gonna be heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> it's gonna be a it's like, it's like twenty hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> no, the the thing is, is we have a four door, so it's like extra glass, extra regulators. I mean, it. The our car is gonna be a little more on the heavy side, but as far as like two doors are concerned. Those cars are really light. They are kind of like A-body territory cars and as far as weight goes. They are much smaller. You might look them up on, on uh, the Internet, and they look like a big car, but when you see them in real life, they're, they're a scrunched-down B-body compared to their brethren that came around in 68, 69, and 70 and on. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll do some things. You know, we got to put some – safe safety seats in it that are probably a little <laughs> bit lighter <laughs> you know stuff like that i don't know johnny came to las vegas and he had fiberglass dust all over him i was like what have you been doing johnny he's like nothing <laughs> well, the whole car is fiberglass now <laughs> oh that's funny so let me ask you this i don't know if you want to answer or not but are you going to go with a cage or are you going to try to go without a cage no cage no cage yeah, I'm. I'm not planning on it, Chris. Uh, no. no, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where the convertible kind of bites us is the the requirement for the cage, which I mean, also drag racing convertible. We're losing the we're losing the weight of the top, but we're also required to add the cage, the cage, so we're really so. not gaining yeah. anything from this. Mm. Yeah, at least the top down. So, that's so, I mean, all right. At least we'll be safe. Yeah, as long as it's safe. Yeah. Anyone's gonna roll it? It'll be me. Oh, what are you saying that for? You better knock out some wood. God. <laughs> Jesus. God. Whoa. <laughs> My God. Anyone's gonna send it at the end? <laughs> oh, I have to bless this guy before he gets in the car. Uh, I had some miracle on the lap. So, Chris, from an outsider's perspective, what do you think about these challenges that have been going on between content creators and stuff online? You know, I think it's great. Uh, it just gets more people interested in in all of this stuff, and uh, I don't I don't know how to do it. Like uh, mm. I don't know how you guys self promote yourselves <laughs> like this, uh, 
but it's cool. Uh, yeah. I always have, actually, I was telling Johnny about, you got to do like, uh, you know, do like a, a, uh, like a triathlon of automotive stuff, you know, where it's like, okay, you got to drive it to the drag strip and then you got to beat on it and race it. And then you drive it to an autocross <laughs> course and do that, you know, and just like whatever it is, it's just like get people interested in this stuff. Uh, and it's neat to have, have more well, the ability and the outlet to do it. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a unique, a unique um, way to put yourself out there. I would say in the, the realm of like developing the channels and and trying to, to get to that, uh, you know, content creator status, um, you know, looking at the, the different platforms, YouTube is really difficult. It's, uh, I would yeah. say probably one of the more difficult ones that, uh, that I've seen so far. Um, just recently opened up a TikTok just about a month ago, and I'm already surpassing my subscriber count on YouTube. It's been open for a year. It's just, uh, you know, different demographics and, you know, Garni and I were talking to you that uh, it seems that maybe a lot of people don't cross platforms. They definitely do not. <laughs> I yeah. can speak firsthand to that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Chris is a good example. Chris Albrick is a good example of that because he's got enormous following on Facebook and he just barely crossed the 500 requirement to go to the no name nationals yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 500 car, 500 subs. So in my defense, I really haven't gone all in on YouTube yet. So that's why I, I'm, oh, I'm really true. happy about this Roadrunner because it's going to create some good content for YouTube. So hopefully, you know, Hey, you can only put a podcast on so many places before people are like, Hey, I already listened to it, you know, on Spotify or something, you right. know? So, that kind of content because if if the video views that i get on facebook could transfer over to youtube then um i i i'd be doing pretty well i would imagine i just need to get the subscribers up to about a thousand or just get over a thousand i gotta get on johnny mopar's level then yeah and we'll be, be having a good time <laughs> um, i'm still pretty small very small Hmm. Yeah, as long as we're all having fun though right i mean obviously we're oh, trying yeah. to develop it but you know i think that the viewers too they can see like when you're really having fun and you got that grin going ear to ear in your, yeah, <laughs> your yeah, movie yeah. right channel hey that's what people really want to see they want to see stuff like that well, yeah and i i think like what's exciting about this and even perhaps the no name nationals is kind of like a pretty wide spectrum from what i've seen you've got a lot of You'll have like low budget cars, you got high budget cars, fast cars, slow cars. It's kind of a really big mix. But in general, in the hobby, we've seen especially Mopars just skyrocket in value. And like if you're a young person trying to get into the hobby, it's it's very difficult to get into a hobby that is this expensive. So like doing something like this or duct tape drags or you know, uh, the lower budget stuff that's going on at no name nationals, kind of like your car that you're building, you know, I think it's, it's nice to see that, Hey, this can be done. You know, it, it right. may not be easy. You know, we don't have darts falling out of trees, you know, for a couple of thousand bucks. Uh, shit. You can't even hardly find four door Belvedere's anymore. Those cars have been parted years ago and they just don't exist, you know, but, uh, oh, same one on the road. So what I said, I don't recall seeing one, one on the road. So yeah. 
Oddly enough, there I saw one in Temecula, and it was the exact same color as ours, and it was a freaking four door. I couldn't believe it because I thought somebody was driving our car. <laughs> someone stole our car. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was crazy. Um, that's and, crazy. And uh, was the uh, the foster chicken? It's always cool though. When you, when you come across a car that's like identical to yours, you know. Yeah. Well, it would have been awesome if we were driving it. But the Foster Farm uh, yeah. Belvedere too, right? Isn't it a '66 Belvedere? The Foster Farms. Yeah, chickens. I think it is. I don't know if it's a Coronet or a Belvedere, but I think it's a Belvedere. You guys remember the Foster Farms chickens? Drive. Yeah. Oh, like the like the oh, muscle. Yeah, yeah. Is that what That's you're talking what about? What? Yeah. Really? Like, interesting. Yeah, let I didn't me, know that. Let me see if I can I pull it up. So. I can't remember now if it was a Coronet or a Belvedere, but I think it's a Belvedere. Weren't they like Muppets, kind of? Yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. commercial. Okay, yeah, I vaguely, yeah. I vaguely remember this. This is probably back from the '90s when Johnny was, was thirty-eight. I yeah, no, I, I like thoroughly remember <laughs> stuff was. like that and the uh, the Chihuahua from Taco Bell. Oh, my, you get a Taco Bell. Oh, I heard. Uh, I heard a guy talking about. Uh, this is Daryl Eves. He's a YouTube guy. I've been trying to, I've been following him a lot lately. And he was talking about when he was younger, like liking old school commercials, like certain commercials. He, he goes, uh, my favorite commercial of all time is the old Wendy's commercials where the old lady was saying, where's the beef? Uh, you guys are probably too young for that, but I'm way too young for that. that. Uh, Oh, it's freaking awesome. That was my favorite commercial, too. Can you see that? There it is. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a Belvedere. Yeah. That's yeah. our car, the Foster's Chicken car. That's hilarious. <laughs> you got to have that. You got to get this, that on the side, Foster Farms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know someone looks at Craig and hook it up for the sponsorship for you guys. That's funny. <laughs> they started the whole ratty muscle car thing, <laughs> they were yeah. way ahead of their time. That's verified. Sleeper car status. Yeah, the, the Foster Farms chicken. You got to get, get one for your co-pilot in the passenger seat. Uh, dude, chicken actually, our grocery <laughs> store uh, <laughs> our grocery store has one of those chickens. Like it's, They have like this barn thing above the dairy section, and they have one of those Foster Farms chickens up there. I want that. <laughs> yeah. Like, can I borrow him? Borrow it for the weekend. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give you your store a shout out or something. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> for a mascot. <laughs> yeah. If they win, neat. that's why they win. <laughs> <laughs> so, I is see- this the costume, uh, the yeah. costume party portion of the, <laughs> the uh, challenge? <laughs> that would That would be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll definitely wear an, a flame suit. We're, we're, just in case. We're gonna crash this dummy for our passenger. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been I don't seeing, know if we'll uh, have a passenger seat. But, uh, <laughs> we'll I, yeah, I guess uh, the exterior of the cars has to look legit, but the inside can be completely stripped, right? Oh yeah, yeah that yeah, is yeah. correct. Yeah. No floor <laughs> panels because of rust. No. We got some free <laughs> ventilation. <but Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I actually, I've been seeing a couple of people in the chat talking about cheap cars that they have for sale. And I did want to mention when we were talking about people and getting into Mopars and how Mopars are so expensive and whatnot, I think 
like people just need to lower their standards a little bit. You know, I would love to have a charger or CUDA, you know, something crazy like that. But yeah. you know, I got to be realistic in today's market. So what do I have? I have a 73 Roadrunner. you know, I, so I don't well, know. I, I, I think you can still get into Mopars for a reasonable price. Yeah, if you, yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. In, in fact, you guys, if you guys look at Shade Tree Vintage Auto, that's Jeremy. We met him at the mats. Remember, Chris? But go to that guy's channel, and he just posted yeah. what three cars on there for fifteen hundred bucks, or two cars for fifteen hundred bucks. Look at that, a sixty-seven Dart even. But he does some awesome videos. Seventy-two Duster, twenty-eight hundred. There you go. Not bad at all. No. But he goes across the whole freaking country. He's always pulling cars out of, like, fields and, you know, hordes and crazy stuff. But he's yeah. the guy you want to be hooked up with because he's the guy that finds stuff. Him and Mike Coffey are the two guys that find <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Well, it seems like Shade Tree... Jeremy seems like he's got some reasonable prices. If you try to buy anything from my coffee, you're going to be spent. You're going to be reaching a little deeper into those pockets. <laughs> I think that's really the only way you can do it nowadays. Though. You, you've got to go find them where they're resting. You know, if you see it on Facebook or Craigslist already, they've already been looking at uh, evaluations and mm. even what, you know, I guess, you know, it's all relative, but even what I would consider to be a, a reasonable amount, especially like for the, the Barracudas and Kudas, right? The third gens, for like a 72 to 74, if it's a driver and it, you know, you can't stick your, your hand through the quarter panel because of all the rust, I still think that should be like between seventeen and $20,000. Yeah. But people are asking in the mid-30s for that. And I just, you know, it's hard, Look, to, hard to imagine that. Yeah. I'm That's capitalism that. right there. Yeah. Mike has a dart for sale for 2500 bucks. <laughs> I want commission for every single car that is sold oh on this live I, right now. After, after this project, I'm actually considering something older, so don't mind that. Yeah, that'd be a good, good resource. No, but I, honestly, to get into yeah, it, for though, those like, of you that don't know about, like about Shade Tree, I have a buddy that builds neons, just Dodge neons, and I mean, he runs slicks, he has a Strata Swamp in it. I mean, it's forged internals and he really is not that much into it it doesn't cost that much to get into racing it just depends on what application you want to do i guess but yeah i mean they're no, those little neons from the 90s they weigh nothing yeah it's like 2k after I, i've seen it. some people i've seen some people swap in the modern srt4 swaps and those older neons and uh they've i mean for front wheel drive cars it's nuts you know, yeah before um, johnny no. and i talked about the cars we have I think uh, initially we were kind of thinking you'd have to like go out and find the car at the start of it, but we just both happened to have cars that lined up perfect for this. So we went that direction, mm. but uh, initial thoughts just, you know, when you're brainstorming, we thought how cool would it be to have some sort of eighties Dodge that weighs 1800 pounds and you just drop a three sixty small block into, <laughs> you know, it doesn't even look like itself anymore because you can't yeah. fit the, the engine of the hood, but it's yeah. like, that'd be pretty fun. There's, uh, I just, it ticks me off because I see posts online. One type of post I see that's really funny are these guys that post and say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, insert rare B-body here for $10,000. And they post it publicly. And I'm like, that's like the dumbest thing you could do. Because as soon as someone says, I actually have a 69 Charger I'm selling for ten grand," guess yep. what, dude? You're, you're, you're going to get outbid real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep. Jesus. But then you see guys like Jeremy um, from Shade Tree. If you guys haven't seen the videos he did on the epic horde 
that he got from New York. It is absolutely insane. The fact that they had to get a semi truck and do multiple loads out of that place. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. Crazy. His <laughs> <laughs> comments have turned into a swap meet. <laughs> hey, Chris. Chris Albrecht. Which Chris? This, What's up? You. This this is this yeah. might be that thing you were talking about. Remember? <laughs> yeah. In the in the in Messenger, yeah. this might yeah. be your thing, dude. This might you, be the thing. Yeah. Do a Saturday night swap meet or something? Yeah. Well, honestly, you got got guys trying to order parts from him, and then now we got people trying to sell their cars. Yeah. Way to do it. Got to connect, right? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. He has a he has a page called the Mopar Picker. He should have been the Mopar Whore. That's what. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Mike, that's hilarious. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, it's just, every time I see like we know all these people that just keep pulling these crazy cars, and y- you see the people that say, "Oh, there are none left." BS. <laughs> they're still yeah, out there. You just, gotta, you just gotta find them. Well, oh, yeah, right. there's cars. People sitting in front of people's houses. You just leave a note. I mean, yeah, yeah. you do get. You do My get crazy co- cars, though. My what? coffee. I bought a dark GTS from him, a '68 GTS, 344 speed car. And uh, if you have to remind me, Mike, if this is right, but I think the guy died, and it was a friend of his that was there to buy a Buick or something like that. And those cars were in the background. And uh, I, what was it? I, I want to say it was the guy that died's brother that actually owned the Dart. But anyway, Coffee got the lead. He checked on it and he pulled a few cars out of there. And I was able to pick up that Dart from him, which I never did anything with and sold. But you know, that, besides the point, that <laughs> that sounds like such a Coffee uh, discovery of a car <laughs> yeah. in the background. That's funny. Yeah, question for for Mike. Uh, you know, if you're listening, do you still have that slammed van? Yes, he does. I think I saw that yeah. while scrolling through through Craigslist, and every time I see that, I'm like, ah, that's clean. That's clean. It, <laughs> I believe it is for sale. It's been for sale for a couple of years now. Um, <laughs> I I kind of wanted it when I had some cash. I was like, God, that would be a badass van, but never never panned out. He still got it though. It's, it's a sweet van. I like that thing. Yeah. Um, if anybody has any, what if any hoopty, uh, build off, go ahead and ask him in the chat. Um, Jeremy said uh, that he didn't mean to steer the chat. I, dude, that's the fun part about these lives. I like uh, when things get ste- uh, steered into that, you know, realm of fun talk, like prices of project cars. <laughs> It's. I always find it interesting about like. I don't know if I should give away coffee secret, but I will. <laughs> uh, he was telling me, you know, to just when you're looking at ads, you know, it doesn't have to be a car ad. You might see, and he made a good point because I've seen cars like this too. When you're like looking at, you know, a marketplace or on Craigslist, they have real estate or uh, not real estate, um, estate sales like postings. <laughs> And sometimes, you know, you'll see things in the background and, you know, oh, just yeah, have yeah. questions and uh, it never hurts, smart. never hurts to ask. Um, Damn, yeah, my buddy smart. sent me. Yeah, my buddy sent me a picture of a uh, 70 Coronet just sitting in this field. And 
I had forgotten about it. And I was talking to this guy about um, an 833 transmission that I'm trying to buy. And he mentioned that he would give me that and a bell housing if I could give him a lead on any um, 70B bodies. And I was like, actually, a couple years ago, my buddy sent me because he's a, he's a garbage man as well. And he saw it on route or something like that and uh, sent me a picture of it. And I was like, oh, shit, it's got the black tail stripe on it. I thought it was a Super B. So as it turns out, I tell this guy about this lead because he's like, I'll give you this stuff. If you can find me a lead on this car. Now, I think we have a different uh, um, a B body is. And I told him I gave him the address and he went out there. And uh, I guess the guy was pretty cool, but he wanted 14 grand for this thing. When the guy looked inside, it had uh, standing water on the floor pan. And uh, I guess it was pretty, pretty rotted. Um, and the guy was like, ah, I'd, I'd sell it for uh, 14,000. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, sitting in a, basically in a yard um, with tall grass and stuff. So it's probably pretty oh, rotted. So it's yeah. Especially you know, if it's got standing cringing. water inside it. <laughs> that yeah. hurts. 14,000 sounds like a lot right now, you know, but yeah. obviously that's, that's all relative, you know, 20 years down the road. Yeah. And all of our kids are like, dad, you mean you, you could have bought that for less than 20? And you didn't? You mean gas is $20 a gallon and we can't? Well, I did did tell him, I was like, well, hey, it's got standing water in it. That means that it's still got somewhat of a floor. I mean, you know, if it didn't have a floor, that water wouldn't be there. Now what? That's fair. That's fair. What's what's the price then? Two Hacks Garage is asking, can you guys use donated parts for your hoopty builds? Uh, So the answer is yes, but we have to like – all, a lot of almost all of our parts, actually all of our parts with the 383 um, were donated by friends. So donated parts, we have to put on the channel and ask our viewers what they're worth. Like what's the used part value of it? What would you pay for it at a swap meet? And then uh, we average that out. And then you have to deduct that average from uh, your budget. So you can take donated parts, but if it's too valuable, it could kill the budget. So I want to talk about penalties too. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I think we don't really talked about is uh, yeah. obviously we, we've identified the safety items uh, as not being part of the budget count for obvious reasons, but uh, we never really talked about the consumables, you know, your, your filters, your oils, you know, uh, your, your yeah. grease, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, true. I tend to always kind of dismiss all that. Uh, and those are kind of required to run. Yeah, especially when you're looking at, you know, obviously a challenge, it's only $3,000. I didn't realize that oils nowadays, you could spend a hundred bucks yeah. on just fluids, if not more. Well, especially if you get clean. <laughs> so like, you know, those are all the little things that we got to plan and look at. Like, okay, yeah, you know, I could, I could spend $300 for this part, but yeah, am I going to be able to, to get it in? Yeah, gaskets, gaskets everything like that. Gaskets and stuff, I mean, gaskets are kissing on about. So it's... It's pretty, you know, we got to get creative with it, which is, you know, half the fun here. Yeah. Part of selling, selling parts of a car that we don't want to sell parts off of. And then got to track down later on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Chris Field? Should we, do we give a pass on things like oil and filters and battery and stuff like that? I mean, I, well, I don't know. We have a battery already in our car. <laughs> I mean, that's, there's no, there's no, uh, advantage, you know, you're not going to gain an advantage by, by, by oil or yeah, whatever, right. you know, I mean, it's, I like the reading. 
Yeah, it's you got to have that stuff to run. So you might as well, you know, might as well put oil yeah, in it. It's probably good. Jeremy asked in the budget, do you count how much you paid or how much it's worth? Yeah. Yeah, as far Absolutely. as parts. <clears throat> so if we count, if we actually buy something for a purchase price, so for example, um, Jeremy actually bought his dart for 2000 bucks, so that's the number. It's not what it's worth, it's what he paid for it. If if it's donated, then we have to establish a, pr- a price for it, so that's when we ask our viewers what they think it's worth. But if there was a part that we physically went and bought, and then put it on our car. We would have to. Uh, we we would have to, we would deduct the actual purchase price from it, from the budget. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <clears throat> that could easily get away from you. Uh, that's why, like, you'd have to be. You could get some pretty good deals if you look hard enough, which would make it really interesting. But you know. Yeah, it kind of makes it a necessity. I mean, when Jeremy first pitched this, I was thinking, like he's talking about being able to sell parts off of his car to, you know, fatten up the budget so that he can buy performance parts for the car. And that's, that's where I was like imagining like no hood, no fenders, no grill, you know, <laughs> like what could you sell off of it? I mean, there's only so much, I mean, like the wheels were your, your example, I could see that, but mm-hmm. there's like only so much you can sell out of the car that might be worth something um, to, uh, to give you enough budget to buy performance parts. Yeah. You, know? I mean, you guys have that 318 poly and it's a, a runner. So I feel like, you know, regardless of for the, what it is, if it's a running V8, you've at least got a couple hundred bucks and something like that. Well, you would think, but I, since the day we bought that car, Chris has been, Chris field has been trying to kill it with nitrous. And uh, we're actually, we're going to be meeting up at his place tomorrow to do a video on the car. And, uh, <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna do some burnouts in it with the poly, kind of get like a before, and I, I don't know if the car is gonna survive. I don't know if the engine's gonna survive. I don't know. Chris was talking about hanging out under the hood with the nitrous bottle and turning it on and over the carburetor and stuff. So we may not be able to sell it when we're done. <laughs> we're getting Sounds much like a good send off. Uh, not that a three eighteen poly is worth anything. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much just give them away. I, yeah, I've, I've never been able to. <laughs> I mean, the the toothpick rear end, especially in a small bolt pattern. Yeah, I, I mean, it works. I'm still gonna have to sell it for a hundred bucks if I can, right, to get some room in the budget. But uh, that one may end up just being tossed in the trash or recycled for twenty bucks. We'll yeah. see what I can do with it. Yeah. Hey, okay, twenty bucks. You never know. I mean, stuff like that, like some guy just might need it just to put on his car to roll it around the yard or something. Or too, restore, you know? If he wants it completely restored in factory again. Yeah, usually people already have the toothpicks, though. That's true. Yeah. 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 Or something better. Or something better. Well, I know like like my buddy Bob Rayburn, he got he's he's bought a couple of dusters from from Mike and one of them was pretty stripped down to the bone. So uh, I think he ended up buying two eight and a quarters from Mike later on. And uh, he's going to make one good one out of it because eight, th- eight and a quarter is a pretty good strong rear end. Um, but the other one, it's sort of like 
he'd put it under the car just so he can move the car around, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. Um, uh, Those eight and quarters, they uh, are pretty easy to find with the uh, sure grip in them too, right? We've been doing some research, figuring out what we're going to do. The Dakotas. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, but then the problem is like, well, I don't know. I don't know how wide a Dakota is, so I don't know if you'd have to cut it down. I think they are pretty common in trucks. Um, I don't know how easy it would be to take all those parts out if you had a like one for an A body, take the parts out of it, put it in that. But you know, I, I think for like a hundred bucks, you can get like a a spool and make those spools for them. Just Never mind. Reasons. You didn't. You didn't hear that. Yeah, get a welder <laughs> or that. <laughs> Does the welder count towards the budget, or is that uh, a safety item? Uh, we already have to measure the amount of MIG wire we use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're excited because I mean a lot of that stuff too. You know, if I was building a car, and, you know, we'll just we'll take that example of a welder a diff. We wouldn't do that. I really wouldn't do that wouldn't ever. Do that. But. Uh, with the budget in mind, see, this is my shot. You know, if that's what we end up doing and I say we can't get uh, a sure grip or a posi unit and we got that open differential staring at us. Oh yeah. Yeah. For this challenge, we'll weld it up. Yeah. See what can handle. I mean, it'd be fun. Well, we're, we're the ratio we're running against, so we got to do what we can. Yeah. We got to do something to compete with those 456s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know how big it, I mean, I think it's going to work well with the 383 because the 383 is not as big a stroke as a 440, you know? So I think that being an eighth mile, um, yeah, that's amazing. It's an eighth mile. So that should help a lot. Yeah. But you know, the thing is like without, without testing, I don't know how big of an advantage it really is. I mean, I remember when I raced my D 100, I had two seventy six freeway peg leg gears in the thing. And, uh, and I can't remember the time I ran. I think it was, let's say like, like, uh, 10 seconds in the, in the eighth mile. And I, I took the truck to my, my friend, John, he lowered it for me and he put, he had an eight and three quarters. So he swapped it out, put an eight, three quarter in it. And, um, I bought a three fifty five sure grip from him and that was in the truck. And I was so excited that the truck was going to go so much faster with the lower sure grip in it. And it ran exactly the same ET. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so it just, it, you know, it just depends. Yes. Yeah, so I've actually never run at Verona. I've just uh, been over there to, to look at it a few times, watch the races. And so obviously I got to get over there to get familiar with the track. Uh, that would, you know, be stupid if I didn't. So I don't have a car right now that I can really do that in. Barracuda's down for a while. Dart's not going to be going anywhere. So I'm actually going to take my wife's Durango. <laughs> at, uh, yeah. Got a live event yeah, scheduled for next uh, next week. It's the 15th, I believe. Where uh, yeah, another one of the sort of stock members has got a, a Model Y Tesla. And my wife's Durango's not slow. It's it's the RT. It's all wheel drive, but 100 horsepower short than that Tesla. But uh, you know, we're going to put them up to head to head and see what happens. Mainly so I can get the exposure to the track. But. I wouldn't mind racing an EV into the Durango. See what happens. 
Hell yeah, you better win, dude. Don't give us Durango owners a bad name. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I saw I finally got to see it. Johnny and I both finally got to see a Tesla in action at Matt's. And let me tell you something. Those things are unbelievable. Like I still hate them. Don't get me wrong. The launch, the launch. But the damn. Launch. Yeah, they take off. Damn, the they move. Move. That's fourth. Yeah. There's just nothing. Their sound. I, I hate them. I hate EVs, but damn. Yeah, I think they're cool, and I could I could see myself building an EV at one oh, point. Oh yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to have, but like it's just I can't have the kind of fun that I like to have in them. I can't control the throttle like I want. I well, you don't feel them. You can't drop a gear. You, you know. don't feel them. You don't hear them. Yeah, that the one that was at Matt's, it was like it put down a hell of a fast number. I because it was running against Hellcats and stuff. Yeah. It was it low was, nines. <laughs> low nines? Oh, jeez. Yeah. It was so uneventful. I mean, it was like no noise, no wheels up, nothing. Yeah. It was just insane seeing how fast that thing moved. Uh, yeah. The instant torque just gone. <laughs> like, man. And yeah. I, I've been saying it when Dodge comes out with their EV muscle car or whatever, their EV muscle car, it better beat a Tesla. That's all I can say about that. I don't see how they could build one and not have it beat a Tesla. But then you're thinking those Teslas are so damn fast that Dodge is going to have to come out with some. It's got to be an eight second car or something crazy, <laughs> which would be. I mean, I probably would never own one, but I, as much as it didn't do anything for me, it still was kind of crazy to watch an electric car haul that much ass when you're looking at it sitting across from a fully built drag car or, you know, yeah. a $70,000 supercharged Hellcat, you know, 700 horsepower car, and you just get, watch it get walked. It's just like, my God. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's like it's a yeah, I just wish they maybe if they looked really, really cool, like maybe I'd give them a little bit more of a pass, but it's like a sedan, you know, I'm like a charger looks better than the Tesla. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. Yeah. I, when I was yeah, young I and I thought some cool kids for them, but they're really, really expensive. When I was young and I thought about, you know, the future being electric cars, I always imagined really cool spaceship looking. Yeah. You know, you know, I grew up with, you know, back when everybody thought that uh, the Lamborghini Countach was like the most amazing exotic car ever. So as a kid, I always imagined that an electric car, you know, in the future would be some crazy version of a Lamborghini Countach, you know, giant wing, really low to the ground, really wide. And then the Tesla comes out and it's like, this is the baddest EV on the planet. This is <laughs> disappointing at best. <laughs> but I've got some high hopes for Dodge. We'll see what they can uh, come out with. We'll see. I mean, they have a whole generation of people that are V8 or nothing. And if they, they have to be very careful with what they do. It better be the baddest EV ever built. <laughs> yep, yep. The only thing I can, the only thing I could say, they're going to have to come out with something that looks something that satisfies all the classic Mopar enthusiasts for us to even, you know, even look at the car or even give the car. A, oh, okay. That's all right for an EV, I guess. You know what I mean? Cause if they come out with some ugly God, like Ford with that, that Mustang SUV, Jesus, oh, that thing is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. In my like, good God almighty. Why would you do that? That's sacrilege. Yeah, that uh, was, 
What a terrible marketing strategy. It's a good thing we're Mopar people. <laughs> yeah. I like to give my Mustang friends shit. It'd be like, hey, how about that SUV, huh? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if those will ever make it into the budget uh, drag races. Not for a long time. Yeah. Budget, yeah, budget yeah. Teslas. Oh, exactly. Maybe people get uh, pretty ingenuitive. You know, they can get some lead acid batteries. You know, wire them up in parallel. Get enough uh, amperage to really send you. So I mean, the problem is, they're getting a million miles with very little wear and tear. So how many components to them? <laughs> so it's all suspension wear and tear. That's it. Yeah. It's crazy. By the time. <laughs> all right, we're uh, we're approaching two hours. So why don't we? Why don't we uh, bring this bring this show home and go go ahead and give some final words? This is your, your moments and where we're going to be able to see the content for it and all that fun stuff. All right, you want to go first, Jeremy? Yeah. Yep. So uh, you know, Jeremy Williams with the Swordstock Mopars team, that Dave here as well. Uh, we've got uh, a presence on TikTok on the Swordstock Mopars. As well as YouTube, of course, uh, really working on trying to grow the YouTube platform. Uh, we've also got uh, a Facebook page. So those are the three locations where you can see our content, uh, see our builds, spy on us. Go ahead, you know, root with Team Small Block. <laughs> got a lot of underdogs, I'm sure, that are they're hoping we can do some magic here. And uh, you know, we're going to be posting on a regular basis here, trying to get at least uh, something out on each, you know, once per week at a minimum. Awesome. Johnny. Yeah, so from our end, Johnny Mopar on YouTube, that's going to be where all the content is going mainly. I do have a Facebook page, uh, Johnny Mopar Garage. I will try to post stuff there, but I'm, I don't post there religiously. So if you don't want to miss anything, I suggest you go over to YouTube and see what we're doing, see what we're working on, you know, and see what we're doing to the Belvedere to get it ready for the event. And Chris, why don't you let everybody know once again where they can find all your fun stuff? Sure. So uh, Facebook uh, MoTeC Performance. I think it's actually SoCal MoTeC uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, and then Schumacher Creative Services. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, website is engine-swaps.com. And uh, that's where you go to get all that good Mopar engine swap stuff. Awesome, awesome. And as you all know, this is Talking Mopars. Thanks for joining us. I don't know if anybody's going to jump on over to Brian's live, but Brian from Dust Devil Garage is going to go live again, um, probably late into the night. I'll probably jump over there uh, after this and just hang out. Um, so thank you all for watching. Um, let's all uh, let's all place our bets on who we think is going to win this race. <laughs> yeah. I'll be holding the money. So you can go ahead and send that to me. <laughs> It'll be in safe hands. I promise that was talking Mopar Saturday night live, the $3,000 hoopty challenge. All right. We'll see you guys later. No Mopar left behind. See you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for watching.
If you're a car enthusiast like me, then you'd probably enjoy the same books that I do. I love to gain more knowledge about Mopars and cars in general, and that's where my friends at CarTech Books come in. Since 1993, CarTech has become one of the leading publishers of automotive titles for hardcore enthusiasts, with a plethora of titles available in their catalog. They have titles for everyone, whether you're into restorations, high-performance builds, or automotive history, CarTech has it all. They are a company run by enthusiasts for enthusiasts. Some of the titles I have in my own library are... Chrysler's Motown Missile, Mopar's secret engineering program at the dawn of Pro Stock, new Hemi engines 2003 to present, how to rebuild, muscle car special editions, Chrysler Torquefly A904 and A727 transmissions, how to rebuild. And look, folks, they have much more than that, and so do I. In my library, I also have books on how to vinyl wrap, modifying XJ Jeep Cherokees for back when I had one of those, and modifying the new Wranglers and Gladiators, and many more. So whether you're looking to expand your knowledge or just want something cooler to put on your coffee table, CarTech has the books for you. Visit CarTechBooks.com and find some awesome books to add to your collection today. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this show, you know where to go, TalkingMopars.com. And you can reach me by emailing Chris at TalkingMopars.com or by leaving me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR. And you just might get to hear yourself on this show. So keep sharing those Mopar stories with me and anything else that is on your Mopar-addicted mind. Thank you to my friends over at CarTechBooks.com and also... Don't forget how important it is to keep your Mopar protected from the elements. If you do need protection like a car cover, don't wait. Head on over to TalkingMopars.com, click on the Affiliates tab, and go get your Mopar covered today. Before we shut this podcast episode down, if you want some Talking Mopars merchandise like t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and cool swag like that, check out the merch shop on TalkingMopars.com. And for exclusive bonus episodes and videos only for my supporters, become a Facebook supporter today and get immediate access to those benefits. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Live. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.